Hey everybody, thanks for listening, and as always, thanks to our sponsor, KnowledgeBand, the leader in human performance improvement training and technologies. If you want the most advanced safety technology adapted from the human performance principles of the nuclear and aviation industries, then KnowledgeBand is error reduction that works. They were the first company to tie human performance to serious injury and fatality or SIF precursors. Learn more at knowledgevine.com. In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. All right, today I am in the corporate offices of Milestone Environmental in Houston, Texas. Some might even almost call this Katy, Texas, for those of you who are familiar with the Houston area. And my guest on the show today is Randy Foster. Randy is the SNH, that's Safety and Health Director for a company called Milestone Environmental. And I've actually had uh, Milestone Environmental on the podcast a couple of times, and we talked about environmental issues. But today we're going to be talking to the Safety and Health Director. Randy, thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. Just as I mentioned, Randy, we have had Milestone Environmental on before. Just as a reminder and a refresher, maybe for people who didn't hear some of the other podcasts, tell us a little bit about Milestone Environmental, because you guys have really grown quite a bit over the last few years. Yeah, so Milestone's an EMP, non-hazardous waste disposal company. We have slurry sites and disposals in West Texas and East Texas and South Texas. A lot of what we take in are drilling fluids and muds. At the landfills, we take cuttings and cement and uh, some other things. We're growing and hopefully continue to do so. And you have kind of a unique process for dealing with those waste. Yeah, it's slurry injection. I don't really know too much about the technical part of it, but it's unique to the industry. And it's very environmentally friendly. I think so, correct, yeah. But today we're here to talk about safety because I saw a LinkedIn post from Milestone, and it featured you, which is why I have you on the podcast now. And it was talking about Milestone's commitment to safety, and you were actually doing some safety training. That is correct. We have a full suite of safety training that we do. A lot of what we do now, now that COVID's over and we're back kind of to the in-person type training, classroom training is we'll have our regional managers, our facility managers, and supervisors actually conduct the training. We're getting so big now, it's hard for one or two guys to get out there and reach everybody in a reasonable amount of time. So we've expanded our trainers to include our operational folks, our leadership at our facilities as well. So it's a good thing. Okay. So how many employees do you have? I want to say last time I looked, it was about 220 company-wide. Majority of those in the field, of course, at our facilities. Right. And so what you've done is is you've put together a program. Are you the one who put together this program? I did. How long have you been with Milestone? It'll be eight years at the end of August. Okay. All so right. So I got in at the basement and working our way up the floors as we speak. So. And so tell me about, first of all, let's talk about your background. Now, we're in Houston right now at Milestone's offices. Do you live in Houston? I do not. I live in San Antonio. San Antonio. Yes, sir. All right. Right. Good Tex-Mex there. (laughs) That's for sure. We'll have to get a recommendation (laughs) from the local, you know. Okay, so you live in San Antonio. You got uh, family. You got kids. 
I do. I got a wife and three daughters. Three daughters. Yep. Two in college and one will be a senior this year graduating next spring. You're going to have three in college at one time. I will. I will. Yeah. You won't be retiring anytime soon. Ooh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I got a little bit of the road to go yet. Yeah, just a little bit. Okay. So what's your background, Randy? So I started out when I was 17. I enlisted in the Army, did my basic between my junior and senior year, went to AIT when I graduated. Now, wait a minute. I always have to interrupt people on these podcasts when they start throwing out. You already threw out ENP, but everybody listening to this podcast should recognize that one. But what's AIT? Oh, Advanced Individual Training. Okay. So you went to, well, for those of you who don't know, my son was in the Army, so I happen to know all this. Yeah, you do go to basic and then depending upon what your specialty is supposed to be, you go to this AIT. AIT. So where'd you go to AIT? Fort Benning? No, no. Actually, Fort Linwood, Missouri. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So are you from Texas? No, no. I'm from Wisconsin originally. Okay. So you weren't down here in the South when you joined the Army. Okay. All right. Well, then you wouldn't have been in Fort Benning. Okay. That makes (laughs) sense. Okay. So you took your, what was your AIT? It was a combat engineer. Combat engineer. Okay. Yep. Got out in 97. Didn't know what I wanted to do. I ended up in Houston, actually, at San Jacinto North doing an environmental course there. Finish that. Now, how did you do that? Oh, that's a long, complicated story. So, <laughs> now our audience likes interesting stories, you know. I mean, that's what we're all about here, you know. Well, I'll just say it involved a girl and we'll oh, leave it there. Okay, there you go. Well, <laughs> hey, enough said, enough said. Okay. So, you get interested in environmental, it was environmental technologies. And it was a one-year course. And and it's at the junior, did you say San Jack? Yeah, the North okay, Campus. Okay, so that's for, we have listeners in over 100 countries. So anyway, that's a prominent junior college in the Houston area. They're the ones that have the uh, great baseball team, aren't they? All I know is they got an alligator. And I didn't like it much, so I didn't go visit <laughs> it too much. <laughs> so you took this environmental course, and then what? Yeah, then I uh, was driving back up north after I completed the course, and I ended up in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. I spent the night there and looked in the newspaper, found a job for a wastewater facility, running a wastewater facility. And that's what I did for the next 10 years, ran uh, municipal and pretreatment facilities for various different companies and municipalities. And I just kind of got burnt out on the whole ops thing. And when they sold the company, I left, and I was like, well, what do I want to do with my life? And I said, well... Safety. That's what I want to do. I went back to school for safety. So you got some kind of degree in safety or? I do. I've got uh, associates in safety and I forget what the whole name of it is. It's a AS in safety and then one in industrial hygiene. And then I've also got a bachelor's in management from, uh, I guess I skipped that part, Northland College up in Ashland, Wisconsin. Okay. That was later on in life after I was married and had kids and couldn't make it on $9 an hour. So I had to, <laughs> had to do something a little bit <laughs> different. I had to get educated, right? So so you went into safety, milestone your first safety job? or It is not. My first employment was with Trinity Industries. They're out of Dallas. They're a heavy manufacturer. They right. make mining dump bodies for dump trucks. I did that. That was my first full-time safety job. It was challenging. We went through the VPP program. No, wait, you just used another acronym there. What's VPP? (laughs) Voluntary Protection Program. It's an OSHA program that they have out there where you meet a certain number of criteria and you're free from scheduled inspections. Okay. They got the little flags flying everywhere. Right. I did that. And then I got a job, my first oil field job I got working for HWR, uh, Heckman Water Resources. And that was probably maybe 11 or 12. I I can't really remember, but I stayed with them for five years. And then I transitioned from Heckman to 
I guess at the time it was Oldfield Waste, and I guess now it's Milestone. Okay. All right. So you were tasked with building this new company's safety program. Is that right? That is correct. Everything we have today was a grassroots campaign. We kind of started from nothing and started building from there. So it's been a labor of love over the last eight years. Okay. So that's what I wanted to talk about. That's what I want the audience to hear. Tell me the process. (laughs) It's messy in the beginning. You walk into a situation where, you know, you kind of got the basics. Everything's kind of there, kind of a shadow of things. And you kind of build off that to where you start getting your programs in place, your written programs in place. And then once those are done, you do your training, your employee education to make sure everybody understands what the rules are and how to conduct themselves. And then after you get the basic stuff done, you kind of go into the stage where you're kind of doing your wants, not your needs. So, you know, you have your, I alluded to it earlier, our training suite. That was something that we've took time to develop, took me a couple months to get that done into a launch pad form. So it was kind of a one button click and you're at your training. Okay. So hang on. So you actually, you started off with the written policies and procedures. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that kind of sets the standard or that sets the bar for the company. Did you work with the corporate leadership and management? Because you got to get buy-in from them. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing I can say I'm very fortunate that Kevin Mott and Gabriel Rio have been very supportive of the safety effort. Anything that I've needed and some of the things I've wanted, I've gotten. They've been very supportive. It's kind of unique in the oil field, from my experience, to have a leadership team that actually puts as much stock into safety as they do. It's been a pleasure. It really has. Well, and I picked up on that when I saw the LinkedIn post, which is why I got back with Jessica. I think I emailed Gabriel, too, because Gabriel's been on before. And I said, I got to get this guy, Randy, on the podcast. We got to talk about safety. Okay, so you write your policies and your procedures. And you said you've got like a facility in South Texas. These, How many facilities do you have? Ten total. Eight out in West Texas, one in Center, and one near Fashing okay. in South Texas. So you do all this at the corporate office, you've got the policies and procedures, now you got to get it disseminated out to your people. Mm-hmm. So you put together this training suite was based upon how to teach these policies and procedures? Well, maybe I got ahead of myself. So, you know, in the beginning, you start out with, I guess, your assessment, what you got, right, what you're working with, then you have your regulatory component of what you need to do, meaning your written programs, and then you have to educate the employees on what those requirements are, what they need to do. And then from there, it grows. So you start out, I guess, basics, and you kind of work your way up from there. So the more sophisticated your pro- your, the more sophisticated your company gets, the bigger it gets, the more it grows, the more sophisticated your safety program has to get. So it's a never-ending thing. It's always growing. It's always changing. It's always morphing. And you've got to change and morph with it to make sure you're capturing what you need to. That's actually a very good point. I uh, interviewed the process safety lead for uh, Baker Hughes and the terminology that he used, and they've got a pretty good record, but he said, you've never arrived. No, (laughs) no. Because if you ever get to that point, then you're going to have a problem. So you kind of birthed this thing for Milestone, and by progressing, this is what I think I was looking at when I saw the LinkedIn post. You developed this training suite. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that. So the training suite, it's a launch pad is what they call it. It's kind of a PowerPoint that has hot links to it. And then everything kind of feeds into that 
launch pad. So our safety training, we have regional manager training, which is a quarterly training. Facility managers do a quarterly training. Supervisors do a monthly training. And then there's an operational component that they do. And this is all a online thing? No, no, it's not online. It's how to describe a launch pad. It's basically a PowerPoint that has slides. Uh And on those slides, there's hot buttons. So you click the box and a PowerPoint will come up with the training. You click the box, and, and the so somebody check will come somebody up. live is actually operating correct. this and is actually conducting a class. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, okay. it's in person training. It's classroom training facilitated by an actual member of the leadership team at the facility. Okay, so you've got probably two different components to this. You're going to have what I would call onboarding. In other words, you just hired me to work mm-hmm. at your facility. So I'm going to go through new hire orientation is a new hiring safety orientation. Correct. Okay. And so now I'm an old hand and I've forgotten all that stuff. So how do you keep me fresh? So that's where the quarterly and monthly trainings and the weekly toolboxes come into play. So we're always, I don't want to say throwing stuff at them, but you know, we're always trying to keep it at the forefront. Yeah. Keep it at the forefront with them for sure. And you do that with just these are meetings or these are videos or these are PowerPoints or still or what? So the weekly toolboxes are meetings, crew meetings. The monthly supervisor topics could be anything from employee medical records to wildlife to bloodborne pathogens that they do with their crew. Each supervisor does their individual crew monthly. So there would be three meetings a month at each facility because we have three crews. The quarterlies are done, I guess, every three weeks, there's a there's a turnaround in the quarterly training, right? So the regional manager has his topics, and then the facility manager has his topics, all safety-related in some way. Okay. And so this is for all your field employees? Correct. Now, do your employees, do they go off-site? Do they go to other people's facilities, or is that an issue you have to coordinate with other companies? Or No. You're just dealing with your own facilities? The stuff that's brought in, y'all don't bring them. Y'all just receive it. You don't bring it in. Correct. Okay. Yeah, we stick to our own footprint. We don't venture off our locations. So did you purchase this training suite already from somebody, or did you develop it yourself? No, I made it. You made it, huh? Yeah. Throughout the years, you know, back when we started, you know, you start generating training material. You're always refreshing, updating that material. And it just never was, you know, it used to be just myself doing the training because we were small enough to where I could make each facility. You could make the rounds, huh? I could, and I can't now. So we had to put it in a format that was easily accessible, kind of like a McDonald's, you know, grab-and-go bag, right? You know, okay. everything is kind of contained in that one little folder. If you order a Big Mac at this McDonald's, it's going to have the same stuff in correct. the bag as the McDonald's in the next town, huh? That is correct, yeah. So everybody has the same training. It's in the same packaging. We trained everybody how to use it, which was, you know, it's point and click, open it up, point and click. That's basically the extent of where we're at now. We're including our operational folks in our training which is a good thing. They should be involved in the safety part of it uh, more in depth than just kind of following what we tell them. Everybody should be involved in that. Oh, that's right. (laughs) We all know that. So this is kind of proprietary to Milestone then, huh? It is. It is. It was myself and with the help of the operational team for the operational portions, Kevin was very helpful in getting this done, so supportive. So I think it's a great training tool we have. And just like everything else, it's a living, breathing thing. You got to keep updating it and making sure you're capturing new stuff as it comes along. So Right. But the hard part's done. The actual making of it is done, so now it's just maintaining it. So 
I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of the guys for their contributions to it as well. Now, is this something you shared with other companies or is this something you can share with other companies or? No, it's mainly specific to Milestone and some of the general stuff we have in there is just general OSHA stuff anyway they should already have. Okay. But a lot of the pictures, you know, I take a lot of pictures in my occupation. So a lot of the pictures we take use in our training slides to show people, you know, the good and maybe not so good things that we need to fix or improve upon. Do you have any examples of that off the top of your head? We didn't script this, folks. (laughs) Yeah, so I would say off the top of my head, you know, like our red hoses, which are our wash hoses, you know, they get a lot of heavy use and they get become abraded. We need to keep those replaced so they're in good shape because they're under pressure. They've got like 100 PSI or 130 PSI of pressure on them. You don't want them to pop, so. No, you don't. You know, things like that as you're doing your walk around, we call it a facility scorecard where we walk around the facility, look for hazards and behaviors of employees. And at the end of the trip, we write down what we see. We take pictures, send the pictures to the manager, and then they get graded on that. And that grade feeds into the quarterly audit that we do. So you send your people and to do these assessments and that sort of thing, to observe the behaviors mm-hmm. and the various different things, and you've got a checklist that you operate off of, then that, I guess, comes to you and you are in charge of getting it out to the managers or something like that? Well, I wish we were that big. So I've got a guy in West Texas, Steve Baskin, who's helping me out. He'll physically go walk the West Texas side. Sometimes I'll do some West Texas facilities, but I'll do center and fashing what well, do you actually do the physical walkthrough and the scorecard and sit down with the manager and talk to them about what we've seen in the walkthrough and what we need to do to get it fixed, make some improvements, whatever it is we need to do. So success ratio, we got our work comp experience mods down. Uh, what? Yeah. I mean, that's something, you know, I can say I'm proud of and I'm proud of the guys because we give them the tools, but they're the ones that use them. The guys out in the field do a great job day in, day out. They work hard. They do what they need to do to feed their families, and for the most part, they follow the rules. And we've been very fortunate with our safety record. Just kind of looking at some numbers I pulled, you know, we went 16, 17, and 18. We didn't have any recordables. We had 2 and 19, and then 20 and 21, we had a TRIR of zero. And then in 2022, we had two recordables. So for what we do, and as dynamic as an operation as we have, I mean, that's a really good Really good record. And no SIFs, serious injuries or fatalities? No, we haven't had any knock on wood. I don't want to jinx it, right? First rule of Fight Club, we don't talk about Fight Club, right? So, you know, what I'll say is we've been very fortunate, and that's really due to the hard work of the employees out in the field, paying attention and doing what they need to do day in and day out. So it wouldn't be possible without them. Shout out to the field guys there, and, and well, girls. There you go. All right, Randy. Well, hey, Randy, I appreciate you coming on the show. I want to take the opportunity to highlight Milestone again because they have been supportive of this podcast. Milestone's also, for those of you, I guess, in the Houston or in the United States anyway, there's a, an organization called Oilfield Helping Hands. Uh, we call it OHH. And uh, Milestone, they help out families who might have had an accident or something, an SIF or something like that. They help out Oilfield uh, families in situations like that. Milestone's very supportive of that. They contribute greatly to the environment. And I was just happy to see 
that they posted their commitment to safety and we're always trying to highlight and showcase companies that are that way and Randy, we really appreciate it. We'll put your LinkedIn contact info on the show. So maybe somebody wants to talk more specifically with Randy about his program and what they've done because he's had a lot of success. You can reach out to Randy. As always, we want to thank everybody for listening and please tell your friends to listen. Post us on LinkedIn and your other social media. Leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or there's actually you can quickly hit a review link in the show notes and leave us a review. And we really appreciate that. And especially if you tell us what guests and topics that you most appreciated or even some that you'd like for us to address, let us know. As we close it out, again, this show is made possible by our sponsor, KnowledgeVine. KnowledgeVine is the leader in human performance improvement training and technologies. Check out their book on human performance entitled Remedy. You can purchase it at Amazon or Barnes and Nobles or wherever you purchase books online. However, to OGGNHSE listeners, for now, we have a limited supply. If you reach out to me on LinkedIn, you can get a copy for free. You can learn more at knowledgevine.com. Tune in again next week, and we'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.